Today on the newscast, Israel is reportedly discussing a formal defense alliance with three Arab nations, including Saudi Arabia. Find out why this Middle East version of NATO is all about Iran and Western leaders' refusal to confront the Iranian threat. That's coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. Are we about to see an historic defense alliance between Israel and Arab nations? That's what I-24 News is reporting, that Israel is currently in talks with the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and yes, Saudi Arabia, about forming what would essentially be a Middle East version of NATO. Folks, this is obviously something we have not seen before, but two things to keep in mind. Number one, the Abraham Accords. Israel has already made peace with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain back in September 2020. And there are reportedly many back-channel conversations between Israeli and Saudi leaders about forming a similar peace agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia. We reportedly had Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu traveling to Saudi Arabia back in November 2020 and meeting with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. A lot of people think that Saudi-Israel deal is not a question of if, but when. So this makes sense. Number two, the second reason it makes sense, is the ascension of the Biden administration and the rise of the Iranian threat. Folks, I'll keep it very simple for you. With Joe Biden in office, Israel and these Sunni Arab nations do not trust the United States to have their back in the face of the growing Iran threat. Look no further than the Biden administration's desire to re-enter that disastrous Iran nuclear deal. So Israel and the Sunni Arab nations look at each other and say, hey, all we've got is us right now. We can't rely on the United States with this current administration. We certainly cannot rely on the European Union or the UN to have our backs as Iran continues its march across the region in places like Yemen, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon at Israel's doorstep at Saudi Arabia's doorstep, as it continues to threaten the waters around the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Oman, the Strait of Hormuz, in the shadow of these Gulf nations like the UAE, Bahrain, like Saudi Arabia. So it makes perfect sense for these Arab nations to look to Israel and say, you are the strong horse in the region. We can't count on the United States right now, sadly. We certainly can't count on Europe, but Israel, you have shown that you will take a firm stand against the Iranian regime and its proxies. I talked about the march across the region by Iran, the head of the snake is what we call them here at the newscast, controlling these proxies in these various countries. But of course, the main concern for Israel and these Arab nations is that Iranian nuclear program. As I mentioned, the Biden administration wants to re-enter that Iran deal. And folks, if they do that, it practically guarantees that Iran will acquire the bomb. So the time is now for this defense alliance. Uh, would you see it? Would there be the urgency for it if President Trump was still in office? Probably not. I think it's a good thing, number one, for Middle Eastern nations to take care of themselves first and foremost and to not have to rely on the West. 
So no matter who was in office right now, uh, there should be a, an alliance of Middle East nations against Iran, nations with, uh, who face a common threat in the form of Iran. That's a good thing no matter who is in office. But what I'm saying is, would the urgency be there under a President Trump? Probably not, because these nations felt very confident that the Trump administration was in their corner, that they got it when it came to the Iranian threat. Certainly that is not the case right now. Now, we don't have a lot of specific details just yet about this defense alliance that is reportedly being discussed by Israel and these three Arab nations. Would it function like NATO does? If one of the members of this defense alliance is attacked, would the other be compelled under the agreement to come to that nation's defense? That's an interesting question. I think right now they're probably hashing through all of that. Again, the discussions are reportedly ongoing. The office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu would not confirm the reports, but they said, hey, we are always looking for ways to strengthen our ties with our Arab neighbors. Another interesting piece here, Israel obviously feels a bit more isolated now with a Biden administration in office, but Saudi Arabia has really been the focus of President Biden over this past month. Not only are they going to continue to hammer uh, the Saudis and MBS over the Khashoggi killing, but also yesterday at the State Department, State Department spokesman Ned Price uh, released a long, read off a long statement saying, hey, uh, President Biden wants to have great relations with Saudi Arabia and advance our shared interest in the Middle East, I'm paraphrasing, but that all hinges on Saudi Arabia's adherence to our values, to American values, and to human rights. Folks, I've seen this script before in 2011, 2010, 2011, with the rise of the so-called Arab Spring, which quickly devolved into an Islamist winter. I think of Egypt in particular, where Joe, Biden's Joe Biden, the man he served under as vice president, Barack Obama, pressured the regime of Hosni Mubarak in Egypt, and Mubarak eventually was toppled as part of that because the United States said, hey, we, we don't have your back. They basically pulled support for Mubarak over his violation of human rights as well. And what happened? Mubarak was toppled and the Muslim Brotherhood came to power. Thankfully, they were toppled not very long after by President al-Sisi, who continues to be the president of Egypt and has a very, very solid relationship with Israel. Look, folks, these are not Jeffersonian democracies in the Middle East, and they never will be. So you have to take the good with the bad in some cases. Look, human rights, unfortunately, is not at the forefront for these Sunni Arab nations. But to me right now, the greater concern is the Iranian threat, the Iranian nuclear menace, and the Iranian expansionism across the Middle East. To me, let's deal with that now. That is the urgent pressing threat. Again, you're not going to see democracy flourishing, Western-style democracy flourishing tomorrow in Saudi Arabia or Bahrain. It's just not going to happen. Let's be realistic. But are we going to isolate these nations? at a time of great need for the region? It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me, especially when we're pressing them and hammering them on their 
obvious human rights violation and poor human rights record, but we're not pressing Iran on its human rights record. Was Iran's human rights record its gross violation of human rights, its repression of its own people, even mentioned in that 2015 incarnation of the Iran nuclear deal? No, it was not. So I'd love to see more pressure on the likes of China and the Iranian regime and other rogue regimes over their human rights records, especially in the context of the Middle East, where, look, we're hammering the Saudis and the UAE and Bahrain, but we're not going to shine a light on the terrible, horrific violations of the world's number one state sponsor of terrorism, the Iranian regime, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. In a strange way, that Iran nuclear deal with which President Obama helped put together and signed off on, in a weird way, it actually brought Israel and these Arab nations together. Because again, they said, all we've got is us right now. We can't count on the West. They are in the appeasement business when it comes to Iran's nuclear weapons program. So you're going to see those ties, I believe, deepen. It is an historic, an historic time in the Middle East, and the lines are clearly drawn. Israel and the Sunni Arab nations on one side. Let's put Egypt and Jordan in there as well. Possibly Oman, Morocco came to the table uh, as part of the Abraham Accords, even Sudan. Then on the other side, you have the Iranian regime, Hezbollah, Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Houthis, the Assad regime in Syria, these various Shia militias in Iraq. What I'm saying is the lines are clearly drawn and there's really no gray areas. You're either on that side or the other side. Folks, make no mistake about it. These two sides that we are talking about are on a collision course. And what happens in the Middle East does not stay in the Middle East. Events unfolding there right now will profoundly affect all of us, no matter where we live. Now, before we end each day here on the Watchman Newscast, we love to bring you some encouragement. If you're watching all of this unfold and you live in the United States like I do or in the West, and you see weak leadership, quite frankly, in the West right now, you might say, we're doomed. We're done. We're finished. But folks, I want to encourage you from 2 Timothy, which says we are not to have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Basically, we are to have peace and strength even in the most tumultuous times. Where does that peace come from? It comes from the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus. Folks, if you have walked away from God, come on back. He's waiting there for you. It's never too late. But I'll tell you right now, the hour may be late. Do not put it off. He is there for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Even as the world is crashing down around us, the Lord your God is there by your side. So let him in. Hey, thanks for joining us today here on the newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.